Welcome everybody to the One To Go show presented by Dirt Track Supply. I am Puka. This is Ryan Aho. I hope you all, or we hope you all had a great Memorial Day weekend. Ryan, how was Memorial Day weekend for you? It was good. I actually played some golf, incidentally, uh, not real good at it, but better than I thought. I didn't play much and uh, actually did pretty good. Watched a lot of racing, saw a lot of drama. I'm like, I I'm pretty fired up for the show. Let's just get to it, man. A lot of racing this weekend. So um, once again, we want to thank everyone at Dirt Track Supply. Dirt Track Supply right here. Um, so episode 82. 82. We're to figure out, did, did, did you figure anyone out? M. Frethine. You remember him? Late model guy used to come from, uh, I think he came from Iowa. And uh, I got pictures of his car. Um, I think I, for whatever reason, I remember it being kind of a tannish or brown car. I think he's from Iowa. He used to come up for Labor Day. I do have pictures of it, so I'll post it. Um, probably the only guy that I'll remember is Troy Powers, but um, that, that's my memory there. Who do you got this 82? I got a guy who I think I was with you, and he was over in this area in the late 80s, went to Proctor with you, Johnny Bay, Deadwood, South Dakota. So, and of course, when I lived out west, I got to see him a lot. And he was one of those guys in the early 2000s. He'd bring two cars. He'd end up at the USA Nationals. He even did some of the world dirt racing league stuff when they kind of, they go to Menominee Superior, either right after Cedar or right before Cedar for the USA Nationals. So got to race or got to watch him race a lot. Don't even know if he's still racing, but uh, that's number 82 for me. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a long time. I raced against him when I was out West, like at the Dakota rumble um, at the yeah. at the 10,000, the wind show, he was out there. i um, never really got to know him. And I, I'm really hoping I'm right on the M Frethheim deal. I got to look back. I'll probably look at the picture. It'll be the wrong number, but I'm pretty confident on that one. But uh, that was a good one, uh, John Bay. He won some races out west. And, again, Dirt Track yeah. Supply, you know, Ron and, and Trevor, great people. Trevor, mm -hmm. that close, that close was... to a win. It's like he was hustling on the high side. Great race at Casino. Dakota Duke Erickson got her one. First Wissota modified win. He's won some uh, non-Wissota stuff in mods. First ever Wissota won. Great race there. And, you know, what they say, you live by the cushion, you die by the cushion. and he, he jumped it just one too many times, and he actually fell back to third, but still an entertaining race. He's fun to watch out there at the casino. And, of course, Dirt Track Supply, they help so many people. You know, um, if you need parts, you need service, you need advice, you need anything in the racing world, especially in that area, give those guys a call. I mean, they got a lot of experience. They'll take care of you. But uh, let's get to it. Yeah, yeah, let's get to it for sure. So, yeah, uh, yeah I watched that race too. Trevor Lett on what? Made all laps except the last, what, two or three. So uh, get it next time, Trev. But uh, yeah, so like I said, a lot to get to, a lot of racing over Memorial Weekend. So let's jump right into it. Uh, we're going to start with Granite City. Uh, you know, big, big race last night. Uh, Structural Buildings Challenge Series race. Uh, pretty dry. Kind of a little bit of day racing in there. Uh, you know, a little incident at the end. Uh, uh, Jeff Massengill walked away with the win. Uh, probably should have been Travis Budislavich's. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll kind of start with you. That's, that's kind of all I've got. Well, I've got something later on it, but um, I warmed you up a little bit. Uh, where do you want to go with this? Well, let's just start here because usually we start with, the, you know, the national scene and all that. We're just going to get to the good stuff right away, right? Because, I mean, it was a debacle at the Granite City Motor Park. And, and Puka, we both watched that race. There was a late race incident. Travis Budislavich is leading. He got by Searing. He takes the lead. He gets into lap traffic. Now he did push, right? He took three to go. He come into one and two. He shoved the nose. Moss got underneath them. They come down into turn three. 
folks, you make the call, racing deal. They come in. If you're a 31 fan, you have the same opinion as the announcer, like freaking Moss, monster trucked them. If you're a two fan, you're like 31 come down. Okay. I don't have a horse in it. This is this is irrelevant compared to what happened next. But uh, you can look at the tape. You decide it was a racing deal, hard racing. I raced against both of them, more Moss than, than uh, Budislavich. And me and Moss haven't always been best friends, you know. But other than the time he carved me for them, tried to win the national points, he's usually not that aggressive. So I don't think he intended to drive over him. But Puka, what happened next was right. mind-boggling. Because So here's the deal. They make the call. They call it on the two, okay? The official calls it on the two. In both cars, he had to get pushed started. He got going. Moss went to the back, okay? So that's – I'm out of that conversation. They called it on the two. 31 gets the lead back. Massengill in second. What happened next? Take us through what happened next, and then I'm going to give you my take on what happened next. Well, I don't really know what happened next. All of a sudden, I saw that Massengill has is, is got the lead. You know, they're, they're kind of going around, and – and you know, uh, yeah, you you tell me, you tell us. I mean, like we just saw the <laughs> so incident here. Simple. You it's tell us kind of what happened. So obviously, so you just hit the nail on the head. So they give Budislavich the lead. Next thing you know, they go green flag racing. Massingill's in the lead. Now I'll be honest with you. Like if I had to pick anyone to win that race, that's who I wanted to win. He's our guy. He's our local guy. He's our hitting guy. I wanted Massingill to win the race. Perfect. Couldn't end it any better, right? I like Budislavich. I even get along with Moss now, right? You know, so I, you know, I might ruffle a few feathers here today. In fact, that's kind of the intent. But the fact is, here's what happened. So contact's made, okay? Now, in the history of racing, when contact is made, a good fan base, which is passionate, is going to get verbal. They're going to get excited. They're going to get fired up. It literally happened, and Moss was facing right there, with some Budislavich people. Now, I keep seeing people from the Granite City Motor Park saying he's responsible for his crew. First of all, that wasn't his freaking crew, okay? Just because they drove to the track in the hauler, they're not pit crew. That's his stepdad. He don't touch the car. He don't work on the car. That's not a pit crew, okay? Just because you go in the pits doesn't mean you're a pit guy, okay? It means you're a fan that paid more to go in the pits. That's all that means, okay? So he was not a pit guy. Budislavich is not responsible for a fan, okay, period. Now, so the fans, now I want you to think about this. Let's think logically, okay, on my opinion. And I'm going to go ahead and say this to not get our sponsors in trouble, but any opinions expressed here today are mine, okay? They're not <laughs> our sponsors, okay? So don't come down on our sponsors. These are my opinions, okay? So if, you, if you're a car, you're a fan, if you're a passionate fan and your car is leaving with three to go, contact is made. Both cars got all tore up body-wise anyway, right? Instant reaction is like, screw that guy, right? I can't believe you drove over my guy. You're pissed off. And let's let's be honest. There's F-words going, freaking idiot, jackass, we're not a drive. Get you, you know, that happens. That happens every single night in the history of racing when there's an altercation. The fan base, if your driver is, is wrecked and the other driver that causes is right in front of you, you're yelling at him. It's just the way it is, okay? Now, let's think about this for a minute. Both cars were raceable. They give 31 the lead back. If the track promoter would have shut his freaking mouth, 
and stayed out of it, Budislavich wins that race, right? Plain and simple, because it was rubber down, right? Late model races all do. We'll talk about that later in the show. It was rubber down. Budislavich wins that race. It's over. It's over. The fans are now happy. They're like, yeah, I was mad at him for a minute. My guy won. Moscow put to the back. No big deal. They made the right call. It's over. But no, <clears throat> can't have that. Can't have that. No, they're yelling at Moss through the track, flipping him off, doing all this stuff. And here comes Trampina in a racing suit. Keep in mind, the Budislavich fans, the group with them, how the hell do they know that he's the track owner, okay? I'm sorry, James, but not everybody knows who James Trampina is, okay? I'm sorry, okay? You may think that not everybody knows who Ryan Aho is either, okay? I don't care. You're a dude in a racing suit yelling at people through the fence, plain and simple. So their instant reaction is they're pissed off because their guy got wrecked. Now you come up and you get in their face. What do you expect them to say? Dude, get the fuck out of here. Pardon my French, right? That's what they're going to say. Get the hell out of here. Like, whatever. Get the hell out of here. They're, they're going to yell back at you. You went up there confrontationally to, like, for whatever reason, people yelling through the fence. Who gives a crap? That's racing. You should embrace that. If you're that's a promoter, right. you should be going, man, that's good. I want that. I want people to be doing that every single night. That's good for your track. Right. That's but right. no, dude, he went up there so pissed off and in such a frenzy that he jumps off his ATV, doesn't put it in park. It rolls down the track, just about wrecks the field. Right. It rolled almost into a race car because he didn't even like put it in park. He's up there screaming back and forth. And they're like, well, they're yelling at an official. Dude, you're in a racing suit. They didn't know you're an official. OK. Number two, even if they did know you're an official, you don't go up and confront people that are pissed off. Like, just leave it alone. Like, let the cars get back in order. Shut up. Let them get back to racing. Plain and simple. So maybe we need to go, we're going to call it the Granite City Golf Club. When your guy wins at Granite City from now on, I want, that's what I want. I, I don't want no cheering, <laughs> no yelling, no verbalizing, no passion, no nothing. In fact, when they announce your driver, I want you to sit there in the stands. And all I want is like that. You can't get passionate. It's It's illegal. It's not allowed at the Granite City Motor Park. You can't have it. It's not good. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. So then let's go a little further, right? Budislavich has nothing to do with this whole deal, right? And he's going around. They're like 31. You get your spot back. And he's thinking, okay, cool. I get my spot back. I'm going to win the race. They holler over the headset. You're being disqualified. You're black flagged. All right. So he's going to stop on the front straightaway. He's going to be like, what in the hell are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you give me my spot back. You put this other dude to the back. Now you're black flagging me. I'm missing something here. So, and, and I know James, he's passionate, right? He jumps all over his grill. You're being kicked off the track, your fans, your, your crew and this and that. And, and I talked to James today. He's like, well, he was lying. He said them people weren't his crew. He wasn't lying. They weren't his crew. They rode with him to the track. They bought a pit pass, but they don't work on the race car. That's not his pit crew. Okay. So they kicked him off the track. He's pissed. And they're like, oh, we're going to, you know, it's a possible suspension. I want you to think about this for just a minute. Imagine this is 1985 and they pull that shit with Tom Nesbitt. <laughs> James Trantino would look like a raccoon today. Plain and simple. It, can you imagine they did that with Ed Wakefield? Darren Murado? Darren Murado, Lauren Inman. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. I'm telling you, 25, 30 years ago, you pull that stupid crap right there, you're getting two black eyes. It's plain and simple, right? 
I, I'm not saying I condone violence, but things are a little different now. Now all of a sudden, hey, I got all the money. I can be a dickhead if I want to, and I can talk to drivers however I want to, and I can do whatever I want because if you threaten me, I'm going to sue you. Oh my God, I'm going to sue you. That, that's what you got nowadays. Everybody's so soft, plain and simple. The racing deal was the racing deal. It happens. It's racing. They're racing for the lead, okay? The, the fans yelled at the driver that they thought caused it. That's racing. The whole problem in this deal was the track promoter putting his nose in it where it didn't belong. Let them yell. Let them scream. Let them put that driver off. That's all part of it. Who gives a crap, okay? Now, if they're jumping out on the track and throwing punches, I've heard people say that, oh, they threw something onto the racetrack. Okay. If, in fact, that's true, and they threw something at the two-car, absolutely right. disqualify them. For sure. I'm all for that. If that's the case, then, then they're 100% right, okay? But the, all the I talked to people that were specifically sitting in that area, and they're like, I literally didn't see nothing be thrown except for some middle fingers and some F-bombs. Like, I, like, I don't know. And, and I've seen a lot of different posts today, and I've seen a couple of people throw that out there, but I really don't think that's the case. And if it is the case, okay, then by all means, 31, I get it, you know. I, but, but even then, I don't really know because they're not pit crew. Yeah, right? throw, to throw the fans out. You have security throw there. The get security out. there. Get them yeah. out of there. If they yeah, throw so, so either way, the 31, if it was his actual pit crew and they threw something, by all means, kick them out. But I'm here to tell you, even if it was the pit, even if it was the pit crew and they're just yelling and flipping the guy off, that, that's that does not warrant what happened there. Absolutely ridiculous. And and I'm here, you know who suffered out of this whole deal? The was the structural buildings with soda late model challenge series. Because they're already way down on cars. Your defending champ, AJ Demel, is not following the series. Hannistead's not following the series. Jimmy Mars hasn't followed for a while. I figured maybe Sam Mars would. He's not. Chad Mater's not following the series. Provenzino's not following the series, right? So now it's like, well, who the hell do we got left? Right? We got like seven or eight cars. Well, after this whole deal, Budislavich said, I'm out. I'm not following the series, right? Pat Doerr, different situation. I did not see the incident. I saw him turned around. I don't know if that was the right, the right call or not, but he's not following the series. Um, another guy... Um, Kevin Eater said he's having hauler issues. I expected maybe he'd follow it. He's not going to South Dakota. Puka, they're down to five cars. We're one week in to the structural buildings with Soda Late Model Challengers. We're down to five cars. Five. Five. That's it. They're the ones who suffer on this whole deal. <clears throat> the, the call was, it was ridiculous. Again, I'm happy as hell that Massonville got the win. That's great. Makes me look really smart having them up in the top three winning the Challenge Series race, right? But the fact is, Budislavich got robbed. And in the, the contact on the racetrack, immaterial. Because the right call, in my opinion, was made. If you're a Moss fan, you don't agree. It, it's racing. It, honestly, it was close. It really was. Um, I watched it over and over. And Budislavich shoved the nose in two, Right. Moss got inside of him, drove underneath. Travis screwed up in lap traffic. He did. He lifted for the lap bar because he didn't know what he was going to do, and he shoved. Opened the door for Moss. That kind of you, – you can view it however you want, the contact heading into three. But in the wrong here, James Trantino, um, let's be honest, donkey award of the week, right? The jackass move of the week. 
goes to the Granite City Motor Park. Congratulations on your award. Puka, what do you got? I'll tell you, we're what, 10 minutes into the show. Ryan's rant has already taken place. The Donkey Award has already been awarded. This has got to be a record. So this is a lot to digest there. Uh, yeah, like I said, I can relate to the crew part. I used to see me in the pits. I used to go in the pits. I never got my hands dirty. You know, I used to just go in the pits. Sometimes my wife and I would both go in the pits. Never got my hands dirty. Was never officially a part of a pit crew. You know, we just kind of the visor, right? The flat bill guy knocking that. Yeah. I don't believe it. Like people would not believe you don't get your hands dirty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I can't even use a screwdriver. I don't even know which side to use. So, you know, I, 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 uh, exactly, you know, exactly what you're saying there. Like I said, Moss, he didn't seem to pout after the call. I mean, he seemed, you know, he, he it is what it was. Um, and then the, what I was going to say earlier, I said I had something to mention. So it must have been Trantina. There was a side-by-side. -side. Yeah, he was up there for a while, and all of a sudden, a side-by-side -side took off out of the middle of the track and raced up, and Edgington missed him. It, I mean, for at least the camera angle, it looked like by a foot or less, and I thought, what is this safety? You know, maybe it was Trantino. I don't know. There was no side-by-side. But... -side. Oh, he wasn't? Okay, so no, a side-by-side -side did take it. No, it was sitting on the top of turn number two, and it rolled on the track and almost ran into Edgington's car because he just got off it in a frenzy and left it sit there. Yeah, because Edison had to dynamite the brakes. And I'm like, what is going I mean, and he was, it looked like he was barely moving, you know, and this is daylight. This isn't even night racing. You know, this is, right. the sun wasn't even down. And so I thought, holy cow, what, you know, what is kind of going on here? So, um, well, yeah, what a way to kick off the uh, challenge series. Well, like Trantina's got a short fuse, right? You know, he, he reminds me of me, right? <laughs> Very short fuse. And it is what it is, right? I get it. Passion, I, I get it. I, I know it. I know how that all works. But the fact of the matter is, you're running the racetrack. you got to make better decisions than that, right? I, I mean, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. That was that was a fail, and he's going out there trying to backpedal today. And, and right, wrong, or indifferent, you don't – any track promoter out there, right, even if you're an official, drivers, fans, they get heated, they get passionate – don't confront anger with like confrontational attitude. You're just going to, it's just going to make things worse. That escalated the situation. It didn't need to happen right, wrong, or indifferent. It would have been over. I'm telling you, like if they give 31 the lead, like they did, they, they called it that way. The race is over. He wins. It's over that, that deal. It never would have gone any further after that. And, and he made it go 10 times worse than it needed to. So as far as Granite City, Massengill got the win. John Canta, a pair of seconds in the Challenge Series this weekend. So great weekend for the Sheriff. Um, modified racing. I think Sabraski got her done. Dave Moss come back. He rebounded, won the Super Stocks. Um, you know, really, uh, you know who stuck out to me at Granite City? And she got second. So, so Zach Benson won. But I'm telling you, that 14-year-old chick, that 14-year-old that girl, Kennedy Swan, Puka, she's legit. Like, like I'm talking like, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to be sexist when I say this, but I've never seen a 14-year-old period with that kind of car control, right? And then to think, well, that's a 14-year-old girl. And I get it. That, you know, that's a little touchy-feely there on, on, on saying that because it's just, there's not as many females racing, right? It just is what it is. But I'm telling you, like, that 14-year-old driver is impressive. I mean, she was good all weekend. She got third, probably should have had second up at um, Ogilvy. She actually was all over Zach Benson there. She is 
really fun to watch. And I don't know if you had a chance to watch her yet, but if you haven't, jump on a Dirt Race Central, Kennedy Swan, 18S. She is really good, really good. She's going to win a bunch of races. I'm telling you, like, I honestly, I don't think I've seen anybody with that much talent at that age. I, I guarantee you, I didn't have that much talent at 14 years old. Like, I promise you that much. You know, hell, I don't know if I had that much talent when I quit racing. I mean, she's got great car control. Really, really fun to watch. And, and really, the track was as dry as it was. It wasn't horrible. Um, the late model feature might have been one of the better ones. There was a little bit of racing. It locked down at the end. So, I mean, all in all, I think the racing was better than most, right? We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, yeah, and they were and like I said, they were kind of trying to do the daytime thing, try to get people out of there at a decent time. So there was, you know, it was sunny and so yeah, yeah. you know, so normal yeah. start time. They start yeah. at five, and and I get it <clears throat> on a on a well, it was a Monday there, but typically on a Sunday they start at five too because they want people right. to get out there. But what they don't get, what these track promoters don't get, is sometimes starting later makes the show go less. You still get done at the same time. You'll just have better racing, right? right. You know, because if you're trying to compete with the sun at five o'clock, we'll start the races at six thirty. You still get done at the same time because you're not watering every other race. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and all the cautions and dust and all that. So, in my opinion, they need to start later. That five o'clock deal is way too early. I still think they'd get done at the same time, but that that's just me. So, did you get a chance to uh, watch anything from Ogilvy? They had the mod nationals there. Not the Mad National. I just wanted to go back to the challenge. Use one more point. I was happy to see Becker over in Princeton. Uh, you know, we just, we don't, you know, we used to, you know, or I, I guess, I don't know how consistently it was. I know the McDonald, you know, the, the elder McDonald, David, I think it is, you know, a few years. Well, maybe it's been five, six years ago. He followed. So we got to see Williamson, but it's been some time since I've seen, you know, even a North Dakota car really come this way much for a challenge series race. So hats off to him for, uh, you know, having some balls and, and making the trip over. Yeah, he had a rough go of it, you know, but yeah, it was good to see. And it's really only because his tracks rained out on that that happened. And Puka must have a call. You must not have on Do Not Disturb. That's okay. No, I got her on Do Not Disturb. What the heck's going on there? <laughs> it's all good. So yeah, it was good to see Becker come over. Of course, he went to Houston's last night. But we'll talk a little bit more about the Challenge Series in just a sec. So in fact, let's just touch on that now. Let's just touch on that. So we're down to five cars, right? They ran Friday at Princeton. They ran Saturday at Rice Lake. They ran Monday at the Granite City Motor Park. And I get it. it right, Princeton has had such a rough go of it. Like, it rains every Thursday. Like, it, it just, they can't catch a break. Every single Thursday it rains. So it's a cowboy up track. It was rough. It was hard on equipment. And, it, you know, it, it just is what it is. Now, when the track's cowboy up, who wins? Daryl Nelson, right? So he went three in a row. He's, he's the cowboy, right? I mean, he, he got her done. That was good to see. Rice Lake, I, I don't know, man. I, I just don't know what to say. I I mean, it was it was one lane lockdown, and it was it was so bad at Rice Lake that they had a caution on lap nine of the late model feature. John Canta stopped on the track, and I don't know that is exactly what happened. But all I know is immediately after that, they went single file on the restart. So I'm guessing he stopped and said, look, it's rubber, right? We can't go double file. And, and I don't know if he made that call or if Carson did. It was the right call, you know, but it, it was rubbered up on lap three. Right? I, 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 yeah, I was going to say something about that because, yeah, they were lined up double file. 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden they, you know, they took a couple of laps and all of a sudden they went single file. So that's what it was. I was going to ask the you rule. That. Yeah. That's the rule. They go, they go Delaware style unless it rubbers and then they, they single file. Cause if you get stuck on the wrong lane on the rubber, you're going straight backwards, you know, and, and if you watch it, everybody just gets in line. So I've been very critical as everybody knows of track. Just is what it is. Right. I, I want an entertaining show. People are spending their money to go watch the races. They want to be entertained. If they're not going to be entertained, they're not coming anymore, right? They can sit home, watch races on TV. If a track is putting in a valiant effort and there's moisture in the track and they're really trying and they're doing different things to make it work, it's hard to be hard on them, right? Because it's like they're putting in the effort, right? Sometimes it's dirt track, right? Sometimes it gets away from you. Sometimes you can't, the wind comes, the sun comes. There's variables. I get it, right? But when it's the same disaster time after time after time people get sick of it and i saw fans even commenting and they're like this is ridiculous and then people got defensive because family owns a track and they're friends of mine too but you know at some point you got to look at it and be like all right i watched the races they really do suck you know so clearly we got to do something different because this ain't working and if you keep doing the same stuff over and over and it ain't working that's a definition of insanity right so you got to do something different and am I a track nerd guy? No, but I, I know this, that if you start with moisture on the racetrack, right? And I'm not talking like you water the Walmart parking lot. It's still concrete, okay? It's still blacktop, okay? It's still rock hard. So you have to till it up. You have to have a little fluff. You have to have something that holds moisture. If you don't have it, you can have a dust bowl every single night. And I get it. Oh, we're afraid of the bumps. Oh, gives a crap. You can have a couple. I'd rather have a couple bumps on the track than locked on one lane rubber. At least the fans get to see a show, right? So for now, I'm going to ask you this, okay? Late models really seem to make track prep crews look really bad, right? And I talked to uh, Cody Lee about this. He's like, he's like, it's not rubber for everybody else. It's, I mean, in Rice Lake was, it was definitely rubber for everybody else. But there's a lot of times where late models go out there and they're trained up one lane. And then another class comes out, they're racing all over the place. Why on earth is Wasota late model racing so terrible? Is it the tire? I, I don't I don't really know. I mean, it's bad. Like they have to have a perfect, they gotta have moisture in the track, they gotta have a perfect track condition for there to be any racing at all. It is right. literally the least entertaining racing out there. I would way rather watch, and so would everybody else, according to the numbers, right? I'd rather watch the Stephan Speedstock tour than late model racing. Huh. They've been having some good racing. It's way better racing. So, so with that said, the Wasota late models definitely make track prep crews look bad. But if you have shows over and over that are doing the same thing, for goodness sake, do something different. Put some moisture in the track. Get some, I mean, disc the track. Don't be afraid to use a disc. Don't go a foot deep and make holes. Go three, four inches deep. Create some fluff, right? Make a cushion. Don't pack it in rock hard all week long. You don't need to do that. You know, and we've been to enough tracks, Puka, that well, I, it just gets old. Well, look what's look look what Superior did last year. Remember the first half of the year, people were complaining. They went, they came on social media, they bought that what disker or something like that. Said, listen, you've complained, we've listened, we're gonna address the problem. You know, and and I think fans respected that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Fergus Falls was terrible at the beginning of the year. Well, then they went out and they reworked their equipment. And next thing you know, the last couple nights have had some moisture. And, and for some classes, maybe a little bit too much moisture. But for the late model racing, they've been really good. So 
You got to yeah. have moisture in the track. You, no, let's be honest. You don't want a swamp. You don't want a mud hole. You don't want it to be hammered all in one lane. You don't want that either because that's too hard on equipment. But but having some moisture in the track where you can work it, it's a good deal. Labor Day shootout, and then we'll get off of this subject, but Labor Day shootout two years ago, right? Up, in the, up at Hibbing Raceway, two years ago, would have been 2019. Day number one, rubbered up three times. Right. It was the typical hibbing track prep. They just leave it bone dry, rubbered up, rubbered up. It was horrible racing all night long. It was a joke. The program took like 11 or 12 hours. It was ridiculous. Right. The next night, a couple of the board members says, we can't have this. We're taking it. We're, we're just going to work on this thing tonight. And they took a scar fire, like a, like a scraper blade. It's a grader blade that has like teeth on it. Okay. And they graded down, they graded up, they watered it, they graded again, and they really got it in there, got moisture in the track. It was a little slimy. They probably should have had hot laps the second day, probably for the first three to five races. But they didn't have to farm it the whole rest of the night. There was moisture on the bottom, moisture on the top. It was the best racing I saw. Why? Because they worked on the racetrack. That's all we ask, right? As a race fan, I want to be entertained. And if, if you're putting together a track, you know, that's not entertaining. You got to do something different, hire somebody different. I don't care, but what you're doing is not working. It's bad for racing. It's bad for the sport. And if you wonder why there's no fans in the grandstands, that might be a good place to look. Let's just be honest. So, so down at Ogilvy, so they had uh, the Mod Nationals down there. It was supposed to be the Minnesota or the Wisconsin Mod Nationals at the Gondekloss Speedway Thursday, Friday. Of course, that rained out or weathered out or whatever. And then they had Ogilvy on it would have been saturday and sunday now the first thing i'm going to point out is i don't want to say it without saying it but bemidji had more cars than the mod nationals yeah on sunday yeah and yeah 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 exactly so it's like yikes okay yeah. yikes that's that's not good i remember when the mod nationals was ten thousand to win for the mods it was it was the mod nationals it was a big deal now it's 1500 to win Nobody even knows what the rest of the payout is because they don't post it. Like I talked to Tardis today. They're like, we got seventh. I don't even know what we're getting paid. I mean, it could be 500, 300. We have no idea what we're getting paid, right? So you look at that and, you know, I will say this. Um, I don't necessarily always like dry tracks, but it, it was racy. I'm telling you, like Ogilvy did a really bang up job. You know, there was a little on the bottom, a little on the top. There's some traction strips in between. It wasn't overly heavy. wasn't completely bone dry. Entertaining racing really good racing to be had and uh, quite honestly one of the races of the week was the modified feature on sunday did you see that one jody delphi uh, yeah I, I didn't get to finish it i watched up to the point where uh andy jones spun yep yep out of time and the end of that race was incredible i mean they were swapping the lead back and forth and i mean it was good and, and Canes rotated so good on the bottom and Belfi was good on the top and they come across the checkered and less than half a car. Belfi got her done. Dave Kane got, well, last. Okay. Um, they gave, initially he got second, but he got dead last. So Puka, <clears throat> let's talk about this. Okay. So Dave Kane's been struggling the last couple of years. It, it is what it is. And, and Arpin's got this new long, Longhorn by Lowenbro modified program and that was kind of the big top <clears throat> let's go get a longhorn they got a good relationship steve's a student to the game dave kane's probably one of the most meticulous people i know detailed guy well let's just say that uh 
They tried to get a little creative down there at Longhorn and uh, the long arm of the law, Billy Engelstead said, uh, I don't think so, boys. You're disqualified. Okay. Now, what did he get disqualified for? Well, the, the official verbiage is altered front stuff. Okay. I don't know all the details. I don't know all the details. I tried getting all the details on exactly what it was. One thing that I heard is they cut out the bottom of the cross member. They raised it up right for more clearance. There might be other stuff to it. I don't know. Okay. Now he got disqualified at the spot. I don't know if he's getting suspended. I don't know if he's getting fined. I don't know any of the details there. Okay. Well, let's think about this. What should the fine be? Right. What should the suspension be in your opinion? Okay. So here's the options. You have a, you have a non-performance, they call it like a non-performance enhancing penalty. That would be like, a, you didn't have the wheel sticker on, you know, like the, you have a certified wheel sticker. If the wheel sticker falls off, you're disqualified, right? You're light at the scales, you're disqualified. Um, a body infraction, you're disqualified. Now on the flip side of it, if you port your heads out, you port and polish your cylinder heads to try to gain a hundred horse or whatever, right? You're, you're disqualified, but you're getting a $1,000 fine, 30 day suspension, right? So, so that, see, there's two types of deals. There's one they consider a performance deal. There's one that considered a minor infraction. In your opinion, and then I'll get to mine, is that a minor or a major infraction? And, and what I'm talking well, about, altering the front suspension, the front stub, um, basically altering the front suspension. So you're under the impression that Dave altered it, or is this just the way it came from Longhorn? Because I mean, I don't this know how many from Longhorn for sure. Okay, but let's be honest, Dave knew. Okay, there ain't nobody more meticulous and detailed than Dave. He knew, right? He, you know, did they know it's illegal? I don't know that, but he knew. He knew what the car is like because he knows there ain't nobody that's more detail oriented than him. Like I'm OCD, but he makes me look not OCD. Okay, so he knew. <laughs> Like, like the, he knows what's going on with the car. So you're not a suspension guy. You're not a car guy. I'm going to give you my take on this, okay? A couple years back, yeah. Jeff Lean, Red Clay Classic, Ashland, Wisconsin, okay? He goes out there. He blew up a couple motors in a row. He's in an A mod. He goes to the Red Clay Classic. He's not even in the transfer position, but he made tech. Goes across a tech that says spec 2450, which means spec engine 2450, minimum weight. Said that on the hood. They pull the, the hood off, and the tech guy from the track looks down at it and says, them aren't spec heads. He's like, yeah, I know. It's a B-mod motor. Dude, he had a B-mod motor in an A-mod, right? So that's – he put an aluminum intake in a four-barrel. Let's just say it's 100, 150 horse less. So it's less power, significantly less power, okay? So think about this for a minute. That's not a performance advantage. You're putting a B-mod motor in an A-mod. Was it the wrong sticker on the hood? Yep. So, so at the very least, they call them, they should call them disqualified for the race. You didn't have it labeled right. You're disqualified. No fine, no nothing. Dude, he got a $2,000 fine and a 30-day suspension from Wasola for having a B-mod motor in an A-mod. Now, let's talk about the 2C, okay? Now, is it fair to say, and I think you can get this one right because you're a fan, you watch a lot of racing. Is it fair to say that 80% of the time or better, the tracks are pretty much dry? Yeah. Okay, we agree on that. So the tracks are typically dry. We bitch about that all the time. They don't water them ever, so obviously they're always dry. So if they're always dry, the one thing we want is more grip. 
right? We want more traction. We want more, we want the car to be able to stick to the racetrack. So drivers and, and chassis builders have been working for years. How do we get more rear grip? How do we get more forward bite? How do we get more side bite? So they're getting that. They're getting the rear end of the cars to work really good. But then what happens? Well, then the, it's a stock front stub. It's a stock front stub, stock front clip with literally, you can do whatever you want with the upper A-frames, ball joint heights, but it's pretty much a stock front clip. So they're trying to get it to roll over on the right front. They're trying to get the front to have more grip. Why? Because if you put too much grip in the rear of the car and the front doesn't hold the racetrack, you know what's going to happen? You're going to shove the nose. The car ain't going to turn. You're going to lose everything you just gained. So the, what they're doing now is they're trying to get more front grip, more front grip, more front grip, more front grip. So that way they can add more rear grip, have more overall grip in the car and get the car to rotate launch. I'm here to tell you, the 2C bolted. That thing was incredibly fast, okay? Now, do I know for certain that what they did is a huge advantage? I don't know. Okay, I don't know that. I don't even know exactly what they got disqualified for. But I'm going to tell you this. Do you think that a chassis builder is going to get all creative and do all this different stuff with the front stub if it doesn't make a difference? You think they're going to be like, right. well, we, we just want to put a lot more work into it just because. Just just, we don't. It ain't going to do nothing. It ain't going to gain nothing. We're just going to put more work into it, okay? So what, what is more of a performance advantage? A B-Mod motor and an A-Mod or adding front grip to the car and making it steer better so you can add more traction? Which one to a, just a casual fan would be more of an advantage? I think it's pretty obvious there with 150 power, 150 less horsepower or, uh, uh, you know, a car that rotates and turns better. <laughs> I'm just saying, right. Even, you know, even let's even go one step further. If somebody today in the track is bone dry top to bottom, you can't get traction. They add a hundred horse for some people that's even a disadvantage. So this is clearly, clearly a, a, a gross violation of the rules, right. In an attempt to make the car have an advantage. In my opinion, and I don't care what Wasota does, that's on them, they can make their own decisions. But if Jeff Lynn got 30 days and $2,000 fine for running a B-Mod motor and an A-Mod, do I need to say any more? <laughs> well, Kane right. well, had a big break. Yes and no, he knew, what, he knew what was up. He knew what was up. Go ahead. Kane got a big break. We've got all these big IMC and USMTS races coming up this way. I think it's this month, right? So he could take his 30-day suspension and still race like crazy. He's like, maybe he outfoxed everybody. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. And I, I don't even know that he's going to get a suspension, to be honest with you. Like, he might just get a, you know, Wasota's got this deal where you can pay a double fine, right? And I don't even know if he's getting fined for this deal. I, I have not. I tried to get that information today. Wasn't able to connect with anybody. But Wasota has a deal where he can pay a double fine. So literally, you and I could go out, Puka, right? And, I, and we could both have like a gross violation of the rules, right? Whatever it is, it could be a gross violation of the rules. And you might be like, I don't really have a lot of money. I'll just pay the, the regular fine and sit my 30 and go race elsewhere. Or I could have a bunch of money and say, well, I'm just going to pay double. Well, that don't make sense. So now a person with more money can cheat because they're not really owed anything. Come on. I mean, come on, that, that's just stupid. I mean, you know, think back, remember Daryl Nelson? Daryl Nelson got, uh, he got, remember, he got suspended, right? Or he, I think he, I think they ended up paying double fine so he could race, but he lost all his challenge race points when they left the rev chip out of the MSD box. And, and it was a mistake. I get it because I know Daryl. I mean, it was a, definitely a mistake, 
But this is worse than that because that was like, oh, hey, I don't even look at it. Like it wasn't in there. I guess, yeah, I'm disqualified. But this year is like, no, we're, we're definitely reworking the front stub to gain an advantage. Yeah, I, I ain't making any friends with that comment, but it is what it is. Facts are facts. And if you don't like it, don't change that. I don't really know what to tell you. I can promise you, Pookie, if that would have been me, <laughs> I would have had a 30-day suspension, $1,000 fine. Like I said, why? Maybe well, a little bit of a big mouth. I don't really know. You know, I didn't I didn't really make friends with the tech guys, but I can assure you this, like I, I've seen I've seen them suspend people for a whole lot less than this. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in Wasota. Now there was a 30-day suspension in Wasota as well. Again, tip of the cap to the tech crews in Wasota. I, I gotta be honest, usually they're only tech and wheel stickers, wheel openings, sail panels, nothing important. But uh a guy over in Alexandria, the Scriba in the street stock come from 23rd to 5th. And he had a, everything was wired wrong. I think they did it on purpose. That's just my opinion. But they basically, there's a rev chip that can only let you turn so many RPMs. And he had it set up in such a way so that he could disconnect that and not have a rev chip. And he got caught. So I don't know. So, that, yeah, so he, he got suspended for that. And that's not even as big of a deal as what we're talking about. So, well, let, let me ask you this. Does anyone else in the area have one of those Longhorn mods? Uh, Paul Harrell's did. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I already got a brand new one. No, he oh, he's out for a while, so he ain't quite as competitive. But I'm guessing that one's going to be heading right back down to Charlotte. Um, <laughs> maybe they can get a deal through a freight company and haul them both at the same time. I'm not really sure how that's going to work out. But needless to say, um, they're coming down on this, uh, you know, across the country. I know that Nick Hoffman through Elite was really pissed off right talked to you know i had a friend that kind of talked to somebody affiliated with him and you know longhorn took a couple of their drivers and it's like all right you know and, and let's be honest i think he probably stretches things and that's what chassis builders do they try they stretch things they're all trying to gain an advantage you know but the fact of the matter is you can try all that stuff you can try to gain an advantage but when you get caught don't be don't be whining if they throw the book at you should they throw the book at you? Probably. You make an ex example out of people. People are spending way too much money with these cars down from the Charlotte area. You know, maybe maybe they throw the book and they'll think twice. I mean, it's not complicated. Stock stub means stock stub. Listen, I mean, it's not it's not complicated. If you just put it together properly, stock is stock. You know, I mean, that, that's just the way it is. So <laughs> let's, let's get off of that stuff here a little bit. Where did you go racing? I know you went to a couple races this week. So did I. You know, uh, we both went to Grand Rapids, you know, um, they had the NLRA late models there. Great field of cars, pretty good field of cars there. What was your overall take? Uh, what what stuck out to you over at the Donlinger Automotive Grand Rapids Speedway? Yeah, it was good to be back. First race of 2021 for me. Uh, yeah, just a few notes here. The, so the Northern Renegades decided this year to put the wings on for at least some of the races. I don't think all the races, but some of them. So the sprint car racing, that was pretty good. I was pretty impressed with that crew. Uh, you know, so, you know, this Mike Gresseth ends up, uh, you know, clean sweeping. Um, so congrats to him, rookie. That was great. But how about the last seven laps or so uh, with Edgington when he was really getting sideways? Did you talk to him? What was, I have never seen a guy. It's like, did his tires just go away? I mean, that was incredible. I mean, guys behind him were checking up like this guy's, you know, he, 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 you know, he didn't, he kept it straight every time, but what, what was going on there? I really don't know. I mean, yeah, he was coming in and like the car would break loose and he would skate all the way across the track. It's like he was basically he was way over driving it. My thought is he was probably too tight 
And if he tried to just rotate it in, car probably wasn't going to turn very good. So he probably had to slide it, you know, and hope it would catch so it would rotate. That would be my guess. Brad Sang gave that one away. I talked to Brad. He got the lead. They got into lap traffic, and it, it kind of locked. Well, not kind of. It did lock down about less than halfway through. And he went to go to the outside of the lapper, and he's like, Ryan, what the hell was I thinking? He goes, I haven't <laughs> raced in long enough. I mean, then it locks down to the bottom. You don't go to the outside of the marbles, try to pass the lap car. And Gresseth, the rookie, right, he snuck by him and kind of outsnookered the veteran there. So, And then Gresseth, just so you know, he went up to the River City Speedway on Friday, and he made the boys look dumb. I mean, he started third oh, row. Right. And he drove by everybody and just put an absolute ass kicking on them up at the River City Speedway. So double up uh, this weekend. You know, a, a race that I thought was pretty good was a Mod 4 race. Them guys been yeah. begging, oh, come on, we got to get more Mod 4s there. They had a good turnout of cars and that Tommy Bowden, he's got like eight, nine wins on the year already. Yeah. Pretty impressive race. So, you know, overall, it was nice to get a race underway up there in Grand Rapids track wasn't the best it really wasn't you know it was kind of one lane on the bottom but with that said the sprint cars cleaned it off right the sprint cars it was it was really wide in hindsight you know we talked they should have they should have watered middle of hot and it would have been probably a really good late model feature too they didn't but uh last year it's a complete 180 because it was so rough at the opener last year they had to cancel after heat three so it was definitely better than that (laughs) so it's an improvement and, uh, you know, hopefully they can just move forward from there, you know, and, you know, then uh, you went to Hibbing, you know, I'll lead into that. I did not go to Hibbing. Um, I went back to Illinois, but uh, what stuck out to you from the Hibbing Raceway opener? All right. Well, I'm sold on the bat wings. You know, I've heard about bat wings. You know, I live what four blocks from the Grand Rapids track every year during the fair. They have two nights of racing one night, you know, it was like the normal program. And then they always have another program with certain classes and then these bat wings, you know, and, and, I was so impressed. You know, they come out there and I'm like, you know, what? You know, all of us, you know, we're all up in the booth there. My dad's there, and some friends and their kids and, and my brother. And we're looking at like, and they started whipping around. I mean, they said they clocked them at 77 miles an hour. And what was really impressive is they had like four cars from Iowa. When was the last time the Iron Range Racing Association promoted an event? Because we're not talking the outlaws, you know, but you know, we used to get Iowa cars, but they had like four Iowa cars. Then we went to their webpage and they've kind of got this series going. So I thought, and it, it would, a buddy of mine looked up some of the prices, like 9K for a roller, 7, 7K for a kit car. And I thought, like, 8-inch wheels. And I don't know, maybe you know, can you run on a set of those tires almost all year? I, pretty, I pretty, literally know. that I don't know anything about that class. Okay. They're pretty dang like It's kind of like what Joe Bravo races down in Mississippi Thunder. But, yeah, really impressive. I, I'd like to see more of those races. I'll probably go to the ones when they come to Rapids. Uh, 7.45 was intermission. 8 o'clock the feature start. We are done with the program at 9.20, which included – they did a, a, an enduro, a female enduro winner take all. They ended up with two cars, uh, but they kind of did. Uh, the one girl blasted the other girl, so it was it was kind of fun. Um, and then the big big part of the night was the return of Harry Hansen. Uh, he didn't have much. He, he we saw him sitting in corner two for a caution. I don't I didn't see it, so I don't know if he caused it, if he just went around, or if he had some help. But um, so you know, I'm sure they got some bugs to work out. But he, he kind of sat in the back there. But a pretty good late model race there with uh, you know Vessel checked out. We thought well Vessel's going to win, but then Peter Lynn tracked him down, uh, pulled out to a, a big lead, and uh, took the victory there. So yeah, it was it was a decent night. You know, cold. You know, it's like Thursday was cold. It was pretty. Of course, we, we were in the booth. We we're lucky we turned the heat on. But a pretty chilly night. Crowd was okay for considering the cold and Memorial weekend and not running a lot of the normal classes. So it was, uh, I think it was a pretty decent opener for him. 
Yeah, and Kyle Peterman getting the win. That's pretty cool. Vessel kind of backpedaled, huh? Vessel started front row, slipped back to third. I, I saw that Van House was second. So yeah, you know, it's good to it's good to have both tracks getting racing underway. And like you said, with all the specials coming on, it's like, you know, they were even questioning whether or not they were even gonna have a race. So I'm glad they did. I went to Sycamore, Illinois, yeah. and uh Sycamore Speed was helping a buddy of mine, Dave Dolchek, and I'm still pissed off, Puka. I mean, he got second. Um, unacceptable. Um, he got second in the heat, second in the dash, second in the feature. I'm, I'm just, I'm not over it yet. Um, you know, racing is supposed to be fun. It's not. Winning's fun. And, you know, <laughs> disappointed, which I'm happy. Like, if you if you don't win, you should be mad. Like, if you're not first, you're last. And if you don't agree, watch Talladega Nights. It is what it is. Had an okay hot rod. But you know what stuck out to me? So, Travis Denning, by the way, he won the late models. The crowd at that place, Puka, is unbelievable. I mean, it's absolutely unreal. I mean, just regular racing, a couple of heats of everything, right? They had late models. They had a limited late model, a street stock, and like a hobby stock, pure stock type deal. So all they had, four classes, a couple of heats of everything. And they had, I don't know, somewhere 13, 14, 1,500 people in the grand wow. It was jam-packed. I'm like, I don't even believe it. Because in my opinion, no, the, the track surface was pretty good. There was some grip on the bottom. There was some cushion on the top. You could race. I was, I was pretty impressed with the track conditions there. But I mean, the program wasn't anything extravagant. The one thing that sticks out, though, is there's not another dirt track within two hours of the place. Ah, there it is, right? So, what does that tell you? So, if you look at Wasoda Country, there's a racetrack every. It seems like every 15 miles down the road, there's a tracks everywhere, right? You look at you look over in Wisconsin with Menominee, SK, Mississippi Thunder. You know, Eagle Valley. I mean, there's like four freaking tracks that race on Friday. They're all on top of each other. That's a recipe for disaster. This here is a recipe for success. You don't even have to have the best, most entertaining program in the world. You don't have to have the top-notch cars. There's more open trailers at this track than I've ever seen in my life, except for way back in the day, right? You know, so it's it's kind of like uh, kind of like a Bemidji atmosphere, right? It's kind of how I would put it, kind of that laid-back type deal. Back. Well, sure. Yeah, not a not a huge dollar deal, but the fans are passionate. They're all cheering. They're all excited. They're all, I mean, it's just crazy. I'm like, so sometimes less is more. I, you know, I, I'm not saying which tracks need to close down, but I'm just saying some tracks probably need to close down, right? I mean, if there's there's way too many tracks in the area for the cars and the fans that we have, you know, some tracks would be a lot more successful if they didn't have seven other tracks to go to. And they might not even be on the same night. I mean, you're in our area. If you live kind of, you know, not, not now, but you know, in the iron range Duluth area, you can go racing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursdays at one night, Fridays in a month, you can, within a couple hours, you can go multiple tracks. I mean, Saturday, there's a bunch Sunday. There's a couple different options, three, you know, to be exact. Too many races. There's way wow. too many races. I mean, everybody up there is getting five, six, seven, eight hundred people in the grandstands, and you know they got late models and they got all these big purses, and you know I, I don't get it. It was it was flabbergasting to me, but it was how how, how how many classes? Four. There you go. Four. Hear that, promoters? Four. Okay. Four classes. Not fourteen. Four Just classes. Four. Yeah, and the nationals was only four classes this weekend, which was good. You know, I thought it was normally they're going to have eight classes at these stupid specials or whatever, but they had four, which was good. So, you know, the fan question of the week, you know, is we'll go back to the late models. Fan question of the week from my, my buddy, Keith. 
And he says, why has the late model racing been so bad? Why has it been so, I mean, for the most part, there's been a couple races that are pretty good. The NLRA race at, at uh, I-94 was pretty good. Um, the, but for the most part, the late model races have been horrible. And, and I think maybe it comes back to the tires. You're going to have to ask the drivers. I don't know. Them fat tires, maybe it's a compound of the tires. They just seem to migrate to one lane over and over and over again. And, you know, when we're watching street stocks and B-mods and super stocks, and they're way more entertaining, right? Bat wings than late models. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, the bat. That finish and hitting the top four cars anyone could have won on the last lap because they're really narrow. They're small, you know, so they yeah. can really bunch up and then they just bolt on. And it was like, holy cow, who's, who's going to do it here? But, you know, getting to your tire thing, you mentioned it earlier. And when you said to think about this, that was the only thing I could think of, too. And I guess the racers probably won't like to hear it. But, you know, back in the 90s, didn't they, did, when you raced late, didn't you have three compounds, like a 10, a 20 and 30 or something like that? Well, obviously, yeah. Yeah, there was different compounds in late models and in super stocks mods. We had, you know, the A, H, and D. You know, there was different compounds. I think that made for better racing, you know, and I think the tires were actually made of rubber then too. So that was, there was something to that. They're really synthetic now. In fact, I remember back in the day, if I got a cut in the sidewall, we'd go to a Firestone in Hibbing. They'd vulcanize the side of the tire. I'd run another six, seven nights. Now, really? you don't, oh yeah, yeah, you'd run that thing a long time. Now you don't want to write your tire more than once. I mean, right. oh, not your well, well, look at the show me, you know, Clanton, when he, he took the lead, I don't know, about lap eight or 10, he just blew by, I don't know if it was T-Mac or Owens, you know, but it had to be the tire thing because then he faded, but he was just a rocket for a few laps. But of course that with them, there's all kinds of different tire combinations. Oh, right. And, and, so and it does make a cool deal because that's a different variable. You know, I don't right. know if that's good, bad, or indifferent because next thing you know, you got a whole garage full of tires. You're like, this may be a yeah. good deal, but, but with soda needs to wake up on the tire deal and, and, somebody's got to have a backbone right so they, they just do because hoosiers raking them over the coals they just raise the tire prices again they're putting out a terrible product everybody knows it everybody involved with racing is pissed off about the tire i don't care if it's Lasota, imca i don't care right the fact of the matter is they need to create a tire that takes away the performance advantage of the checkbook right what do i mean you want i don't care if the tire it could be it could grip like terrible i don't care as long as it acts the same for four, five, six nights. Right. That's what you're looking for repeatability. So you don't have to put on new tires every night. And, and they don't have that right now. Now they have an overpriced tire that lasts one night. You throw it in the way, throw it away or you can't compete. And so back to the late model deal, you know, that's part of it. But, you know, I don't know if the late model deal, the tires, I don't know if they got one compound where I, I really don't understand it. You know, I'm going to have to talk to a late model guy. But, you know, and late model guys would be like, what do you mean? The racing ain't bad. It's like, no, watch yourselves. It's terrible. I mean, there's like no passing in the late models. Tracks got to be perfect. They got to have multiple lanes with grip because then big fat tires, they sniff out the traction. Even if you watch the Lucas Oil or World of Outlaws, right? I mean, I don't even know how many times it just gets trained up. In fact, at the show me this weekend, I don't remember who it was. I have to go back and look. But on, on the prelim night, it was like two o'clock in the morning, right? The one driver got, he got interviewed after winning the heat. And he says, you know, the track's got some character, which is good because if the track doesn't have character, then it's just one lane. Everybody just follows, at least with some character, you can race, right? So that tells you right there, if you're a driver and you're like, well, I don't like choppy tracks. 
Well, everybody else does, so you can actually pass somebody. Nobody wants to see train racing. So, and we don't want to see two foot holes where people are destroying shit. I had a race car. I was always broke. I don't want to be destroying stuff, but a little chopping, a little character, and a little attitude, I, it just makes for better racing. You know, if you make it too hard, then it just gets one lane and marbles up. That ain't no good. So, track prep, I think. I think it comes down to we got what we got for tires. The only variable is the track. And to have good late model racing, you got to start with the track a little slimier. It just is what it is. So that way, and even if you got to farm it in intermission, go back out, farm it up, slime it up a little bit, go race. You got to have some moisture in the track. There's got to be multiple lanes where it's just going to train up. So um, that, that's my take on that. You know, another thing here, let's, I'm looking back at my notes. So that is, that is the question of the week from Keith, right? But uh, I got to look back here. Oh, here we go. There was a lot of specials this week. A lot, okay? We had the Mont Nationals. We had the Challenge Series, right? We had the Steffes Street Stock Tour. We had the NLRA. We had the Memorial Day deal up in Ashland. I want to ask you, you're a fan. You're looking from the fan's perspective. What makes a special a special, in your opinion? Okay, I got three things that I'd like to highlight here. Something would be, okay, uniqueness. So say today, you know, um, Aberdeen says, we're going to do a 125-lap late model race. We're going to do one pit stop in the middle. That would be something that would interest me. That would be unique. So the uniqueness of the event. Number two, the David versus Goliath. You know, that, that's where the UMP Summer Nationals used to be really cool because, you know, they used to time trial. And I think it was the top 12. They didn't run a heat. They went right to the dash. They're automatically qualified. They would just duke it out. Then they'd run the heat. So the little guy kind of had a chance. He'd go in a heat race and he didn't have to race against Auckland or Moyer or Freddie Smith or, you know, whoever, you know, so he, he kind of, you know, and that was, that was pretty cool. So I kind of like the David and Goliath um, aspect. And then just, the travelers. I mean, you did you watch Houston's? I did. I mean, they announced a guy, you know, Jesse Glenn's from Chippewa Falls. This guy from, you know, Renner, South Dakota. This guy from Omaha, Nebraska. This guy from Iowa. And this is a heat race. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is freaking awesome. So, travelers, David versus Goliath, you see if you can compete. And then, like I said, if there is some format that is, you know, I don't know what it is, but, you know, there are times, that, well, like, that big mod race that used to be held out in New York, that 250 lapper, you know, in upstate New York. I mean, that's pretty cool. So how about you? What, what kind of comes to mind for you? Yeah, I think, you know, it comes down to me, I would say the getting drivers from different areas, right? You know, when I see these specials and it's basically all your drivers plus one or two guys, to me, that ain't special. That's a glorified regular night. I mean, you know, back in the day, if, if, a, if a track rained out, you'd get that on a regular night, you know? Hibbing would rain out, bam, Rice Lake or Ashland or Cedar Lake. They'd have a few Hibbing cars go down there. And that's kind of yeah. what the specials are now. It's, it's their regular cars plus a few other people. What I don't like about some of these specials is they, yeah, they pay a little bit more, which is all fine and good, right? But they ain't paying like extravagant. It's not like it was 10 grand to win, right? But then all of a sudden they got, you know, pay for parking and pay for drop fee and pay for this. Hats off to the ABC Raceway in Ashland, Wisconsin, the Memorial Day deal. Puka, I don't know if you saw this, no draw fee, no pit parking fee, and the drivers got in free. They, they, they went above and beyond. They got a sponsor, and forgive me, I shouldn't know the sponsor's name because this is a cool deal, 
but they went above and beyond and they solidified a sponsor, right? To eliminate all the extra fees because that's what keeps people away from going. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know I can make this kind of money, but my God, it cost me $150 to enter. Just going down to, you know, the, the Mod Nationals in the modified, I was talking to Jeff or John Tardy, it was $50 to draw $40 pit pass. It was $90 to even enter the event. You know, and, and I look at that, I'm like, that, that's just wrong, right? That's people bitched about the challenge series all the time. It used to be in the challenge series, Boca, typically 40 bucks, 35 bucks, which is too much for a pit pass to get in. And it was a $100 draw fee. So it was like $135 to even enter the event. It's $150 or $200 to start the feature. So by the time you get done racing, you know, you, I think it's $200 to start the feature. So you have, by the time you just pay for fuel and entry fee, you had to get up to like 12th place to even make a dollar. It's stupid, right? So it makes no sense, right? So for me, it's, it's really the, I like the David versus Goliath, right? But I also like the top guy versus a top guy versus a top guy versus yeah. a top guy. So like a prime example of that, I think the best example of it last year was the Sites Memorial up in River Cities. They had representatives in the late model feature or in the late models from like in our in our one to go show power rankings region, we had six different areas. And I, I believe they had representatives from five different areas right. in that yeah. race. That was exciting to me because I want to see the top guys from this area versus these ones, versus these ones, versus these ones. That to me is appealing. Um, if it's not that, it's just not appealing. You know, so that's that's one thing. But another thing is, is are all these so-called watered-down specials, is it really good for racing? Is it hurting the sport? Yeah, yes. And before I answer, I just want all the fans to know, you know, please comment on what's special for you. And then promoters, you can go and see the comments and see what, what the fans are really looking for. Uh, but yeah, these, these, you know, these obviously these specials are hurting, uh, you know, regular weekly racing, you know, uh, you know, go to go to Hibbing and plucked out a couple of late models there. And, and, you know, other tracks obviously got plucked out a couple of late models and what have you. And they had no modifies this weekend. They had no, you know, Midwest modifieds, uh, you know, and like I said, back when the challenge series started, I remember that was the rule was you do a challenge series race, race, but it had to be during the week. Could not do it on the weekend. And then when Volts did his rumble stuff back in like 08, that's when they incorporated it in weekend racing. And, and everyone says, well, late model racing is just going to become, you know, like a, a traveling series. Well, that's kind of because Wazota is allowing it or, or it's almost, you know, if they would stop the specials on the weekends, guys would have to race local a little bit more. You know, what do you think? It's not though, because they're not traveling, right? You know, the only, the only guys that are traveling in late models are the Wisconsin group. And the reason they're traveling is they don't have any tracks to race at, right? All they yeah. got is Menominee and Cedar Lake. So if they want to race more, they have to travel. They don't really have an option or else race just a handful of times a year. You know, that NLRA group up in Grand Forks, they don't leave their area, right? You know, right. the Iron Range group, for the most part, except for maybe Massengill, occasionally Bravo and Vessel, they don't leave the area, right? You know, so the South Dakota group, you know, it was cool to see Becker come over. But let's be honest, he came over because Aberdeen and Miller both rained out or he wasn't coming. Because yeah. Miller had a tri-state deal on Saturday, Aberdeen's his home track, they both rained out. Otherwise, he wasn't coming, Right. So that's South Dakota group. Now, they don't travel. They don't travel. Even, even like this weekend, right? So this weekend, you got, listen to this, okay? This is, this is just mind-boggling. 
You got four nights of structural buildings with Sona Late Model Challenge Series racing. You got Huron on Thursday, Aberdeen Friday, 10,000 to win at Huron on Saturday, Watertown on Sunday. The NLRA Late Models have three shows, Friday, wow. Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Cedar Lake, Menominee, and Hibbing are all racing, right? Then you add in, they got the Lucas Oil MLRA stuff this week, and I believe that's at both Deer Creek and Mississippi Thunder, right? Everybody's going to stay home. So you look at all these, it's going to be like the tracks are just paying way more money to get the same people they were going to get anyway. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Olaf, right? I, I do. He's putting $10,000 to win out there in Huron, and he's going to get the South Dakota cars plus maybe five others. That's it. Right. Now, with that said, there's some really good late models out there, and, and the five that are going there are really good late models. So there, it's going to be a good race. But I, like, if I see a ten thousand to win race, I want to see that group, and I want to see like I want to see Strand and Edgington and and Sang, and I want to see them go, and I want to see Peterland and Vessel and Jake Kittner and Bravo and Massingill them go, and I want to see Giassi and Glens and Gore and Panta, Radetzky them go. I want to see Moss and Shaw. You know, I want to see all the different regions represented. I want to see the top guys versus the top guys. You just don't get that. You want to know where you do get that? The Steffes Street Stock Tour. <laughs> sure. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. Like, I'd literally never up until a couple of years ago, I'm like, ah, Street Stocks, I'll skip it. I'll go to the concession. If that's where you're at right now and you're skipping the Street Stock races, you're making a mistake. Okay. Because most nights, it is by far the best racing. It ain't even close. They had like, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was in the 40s, right? All three nights. And I'm telling you, it was like side-by-side, action-packed. I mean, it was really good racing. Really good racing. And they get the best from everywhere. They got the best from Wisconsin, North Dakota, you know, Minnesota. They All the top guys are racing head-to-head in that series. That's what I want. I don't, the, the, the super stock series gets that too. And they get a good car call. All the top guys race against each other, you know, so that's fantastic. That's what makes it special to me. You know, back when you went to the Labor Day shootout, there's six, seven heats of everything, right? Or you went to the, you know, when you went to the uh, Wasota 100, there's over a hundred of everything. Yeah. You knew you were going to get some very good cars. And, and quite frankly, there were some very good race cars that loaded up lots of features. Oh, that's, sure. That's exciting. Now it's like, well, if you're good at all, I mean, half these places, I mean, I don't think the, the Rice Lake show might have had over 24 for the Challenge Series, but they had 21 at Granite City, and I think they had 18 at Princeton. Yeah, well, remember the Legendary last year? They had, what, 18 one night? And they, I think that the Hannisons had to come. They had to get them out of come yeah. up to get 20 yeah. or something. So, and it was what, 3,000 to win or a couple of prelim nights for what I can't remember exactly, but we went over and it was decent. You know, it was like, this is kind of decent and they're just not showing up. Exactly. So Puka, let's get, uh, oh, let's get into some who's hot and who's not. Okay. Let's get into that right now. You know, who do you got? Give me, give me three drivers to stick out to you. Who's, who's hot. Yeah. It's a pretty good week. So Bobby Pierce, you know, he, he took down the flow, flow night, uh, flow racing night in America. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, you know, on Wednesday night, and then he got a second on Thursday at the show me. So he seems to be kind of coming around. Uh, Richards, big win on Friday at the show me, one of the prelim nights, and he got third on Saturday. He led laps. Uh, you know, that was interesting. Five leaders at the show me. 
you know, in a, in a crown jewel, that that's pretty rare. So, uh, but uh, so I think Richard's kind of heating up and then, you know, door finally, you know, got his win, uh, looked a little bit better. And even Bishop, you know, we've been kind of dogging on Bishop. So I want to throw him in there. Uh, looked a little bit better this weekend at the show me. How about you? Who you got? And, and Bishop, a fourth, fourth, second, and a first on the weekend. Okay. Yeah, so, so you know who else won this weekend? I don't know if you saw it, but Jimmy, see when Bishop wins, Jeff told me if Bishop wins, Jimmy Owen wins. Well, Jimmy Owens won too. He won. Um, was it yesterday or whatever? He won the. Oh, did he? At four, oh, won the spring nationals. So, so both of those two have been struggling. Owens was mid pack or whatever at the show me, but he got a win. So, who's hot for me? Parker Anderson in the street stocks, eight in a row, and he has won eleven of his last twelve. Smoking, I mean, flat out on fire. Now he he admittedly got a gift on the last one, right? Because the rain delayed it. Justin Vogel, who's been lacking wins, he ain't won all year, drove around them, got the lead, yellow come out, started to rain, race over, had to throw the checkered, Parker Anderson got the win. So when luck is on your side, uh-huh. that wave, Parker Anderson, I mean, absolutely dominating right now. Daryl Nelson. Daryl Nelson got three wins in a row. Then he got a fourth, I believe, and I – I don't recall how he did last night at Granite City because there was so much other stuff that got my attention. But uh, for a guy that zero wins last year, right? He had a pile of podiums with zero wins, and he got three wins in the in the last five nights here on the Hermantown Hammer, red hot. And uh, rookie Mike Gresseth, you know, and so we talked about his pair of wins, but it was far above that. So the opening weekend doubleheader at I ninety four, he got a pair of fourths. He looked really good there. He got third and was hunting down second at the NLRA opener at the I-94 Speedway as well. And then he, he got those pair of wins. That rookie looks really good. And, and let's be honest, he's got a lot of experience in a modified. He's got a pair of national championships in the Wasota Mod 4s. He knows how to win races. I mean, he knows how to win. And uh, I tell you, that he's a, I thought it was going to be Edgington giving those guys fits. No, it's Mike Gresseth giving those guys yeah, fits. Like that yeah. Now, who's not? Who do you got? Uh, who's not? Well, you know, D- Davenport has cooled. You know, he didn't really show anything this weekend at the show me. He seems to have cooled. I've got a lot of wins, but he seems to be uh, heading in the direction of colder rather than hotter. You know, even shots. You know, I think uh, fifth or sixth last night at Lawrenceburg just can't sniff that 300. I mean, how long have we been talking about the 300th win? Um, I know I made a comment in last week's show. They did the second most lap last, but that was heading into that week as we raced last week. And now we raced this week. I mean, they had a rain out, but you know, he just can't seem to snag that win. And then I'm going to, I'm going to give the cool, the cool to all the local late models in Grand Rapids on Thursday night. And I mean, they really got dominated. We had four heats. We had Kyle Peterlin, the only local to win a heat. And then Kyle Peterlin was also the top finisher at fifth. Uh, you know, Massengill's turned some laps and won some races already. Uh, Vessels turned some laps on Superior. Kyle's turned some laps, you know, but they really kind of got stopped. And and I, I don't know how often, I don't think those NLRA guys maybe saying, I don't know, had any of those guys even raced Rapids before? I think it was pretty new for them because it's not like they come over on Labor Day weekend. So I was I was kind of expecting our locals to really have a good shot, but uh, it was kind of a, a cool reception uh, at the opener there in Grand Rapids. That, that's a good point. And, and even more cool than that is a guy like Jake Hintner who won the Wasota Classic who stayed home. You know, they, you know, you got a good paying yeah. show. Come. So that's a little bit more of a head scratcher. So who's not for me, Ricky Weiss. I'm going to keep it on Ricky Weiss. Now he did get uh, a second at Eldora. Okay. 
they, they debuted, they got the new um, kryptonite, or not kryptonite, excuse me, the new sniper back on the racetrack. I think he had it down in Volusia, wrecked it. He's not been running it since. But the fact is, it was a kind of a crappy second. I mean, Josh Rice drove away, and Josh Rice is basically uh, another Bobby Pierce. He stuffed it in the fence leading type deal. He might have broke something. I didn't really see. Maybe a tire went down, but he stuffed it. Strickler was coming. He blew a motor. I don't know if you saw that in the eight car. Um, he was That was no, the no. really sharp-looking, ugly, black eight thing. And then uh, Moran came from last, and he was coming. He was going to crack up inside the top three. He was coming, and then he parked it in the fence and backpedaled there at the end. So Ricky was, I don't know, three and a half seconds or so behind the leader. He got second, but not real good. And, and I think he was good idea for him to go there because there's a lot of money on the line um, this year at Eldora. So it was good right. for him to go there and get some laps. Now, another guy, Shane Edginson, right? Man, I had high hopes for this guy. Six for six last year. And it's not like he's looked terrible. Like he's been podium. He's been top fives. He's been pretty good, but he's got to get a win. I mean, like we're, we're partway in the season. He's got probably double digit shows. He still hasn't parked it in victory lane. So you know, I expected the 5e to come down. I'm like, man, I, are we going to fade Dustin Strand a little bit here? Because Edmonton is going to come down. He's going to steal some wins. Now the rookie's making them both look dumb. And that leads me to number three is Dustin Strand. He got the one win in Grand Forks. He got a second where he wasn't very good. And uh, he's just been not good. I mean, he's been, he was, he looked really bad at I 94. He looked really bad in Grand Rapids. He looked really bad this last week at Grand Forks. I don't know what's going on with that 71 car. There's a guy last year we're talking about. He's top three in the, in the whole power rankings area. And he's not even top three in his area right now, let alone the whole region. So Dustin Strand is really struggling, not looking good at all in 71. Now, I just want to make a point here. We called some, I called somebody out last week, right? It, it, it just happens to work that way. Like I, I said, Brandon Shepard, right, was my not not hot list well he got a win right one to go show magic brock grunwald i called him out not only on here but also on the power ranking show he got two wins this week so so both of those guys you're welcome right um Puka can just go ahead message the show Puka can get you the address go ahead and send half your winnings to us um, <laughs> That's right. full responsibility now let's get to the last lap brought to you by zuli's race engines Puka. now before I get into that, so Frank Zuli sponsors some drivers, right? So are not necessarily sponsors some drivers, but he builds engines. He's the guy that builds the engines for the 27, Pia Parker Anderson. Like right there, flat out domination. Vogel, who had a pretty good weekend, he's up on the podium most of the weekend. He's got it. Matt Sparby on the 81X, he's got a Zuli engine. He won this weekend over in Bemidji. He parked it in Victory Lane. Um, Jake Knapper. He's got a Zuli race engine. He won over at Madison. I'm telling you, I mean, if you're not sure where to go for an engine, this guy's obviously building winning engines. And from the people that I talk to that have his stuff, he don't just build a good engine, but, you know, everybody I talk to speaks highly of him. They said he takes good care of them as well. So give Frank a call. He'll take good care of you. So, so let's get to it on the, let's talk a little national news really quick, right? Did you watch any of the World of Outlaw Sprints? Yes. So watch, watch the highlight reel. And then you talk about track with character and holes in it. (laughs) Yeah. Touch on that a little bit. What, what did you see with the world of all? Of 
course, it rained out, right? The first one, Terre Haute, rained out. They were at Lawrenceburg on Monday night. Um, what stuck out to you there, and, and who won? Well, of course, the Larson domination. I mean, front row, uh, you know, and I was a little bit – well, I guess I wasn't in a way, but, I, you know, and, I mean, I'm happy for Larson and everything, but, you know, when he passed for the lead, the whole crowd stands up, you know, and, and I just – I don't want the regular outlaws to feel cheated, you know, but everyone just loves Kyle Larson. You know? But I think it's because he goes on the national stage and he's one of us, right? You know, like everyone can relate. Like we want the guy from dirt to succeed. We don't met what, you know, the Matt Kent says who race tar their whole life or what have you. But, um, but yeah, track with a lot of character, um, you know, big hole coming out of four, uh, you know, pretty dusty, just a rigid, you know, look like maybe, maybe it was just a windy day out there. It was night racing. Uh, but like I said, shots just, uh, I wouldn't say struggle, butts, but like fifth, sixth place finish. And then, uh, uh, who was it, uh, that caught him in the end there? Was it Madsen in second? I mean, they, he caught Reitzel, um, well, Shuhart, Logan Shuhart was, yeah. yeah, yeah. But just, just, you know, he, he, he got on his bumper, but then, then Larson moved back to the top and kind of checked out. Cause at one point he had a three well, second he lead. He was toying with them, right? Cause he kind of <laughs> slowed down. He went to the middle and all of a sudden he hit from Shuhart around the top. He poked his nose one time, and then he went back to the top and drove away yeah. again. It's like, yeah, see ya, right? <laughs> and uh, Brad Sweet, the big cat, point later, he barrel rolled it in the heat race, and he was back out for the feature, but he junked the car. So um, that was kind of it. You know, Kyle Larson, so didn't he win the Coca-Cola 600 too? Oh, I don't know. Did he? Um, yeah. Well, that would have been Sunday night. Really? Okay. Yeah. Did not, yeah. I followed so, Indy a little bit. I watched a little bit of Indy, but I didn't catch any of the Coca-Cola 600. It was, it was kind of funny because he led the most laps, and I think it was Jeff Gordon said – well, you know, it's, it's one thing, you know, he, he's led the most laps, but usually when he leads that many laps, he doesn't win. Well, he had to eat crow at the, at the end because he led the most laps and he won. So, so he had to eat crow on the end of that one. So speaking of sprint cars there, I don't know if you saw the video. I'm going to post it right now for the fans. This was, this was great. Um, <laughs> did you see the deal with the push truck driver? Um, I don't even remember where it was at. I should get that information. Maybe I'll post it in the comments. But the push truck driver was pushing the, the it was a non-wing sprint car and ended up like swinging a miss and drove right over his right side tires. It's like, oh my God. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, maybe that's an old super stock guy, late model guy. Maybe that's his way of saying, you need to get a starter. Um, this would not happen if you had a starter. I don't know if that was on purpose or an accident, but needless to say, that was not a good deal for that sprint car guy. Um, an additional yeah. shot. Let me add something here quick. Like I got a couple of things to add here really quick. First off, for those, like I said, Ryan's playing the video. So if you're a podcaster only, jump on our YouTube page, jump on our Facebook page. You'll be able to see the stuff we were talking about. Uh, Granite City, you'll be able to see this. Like, like, uh, like, share, share, share. Like, 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 share, share, yeah, share. Like, 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 share, share, share. Yeah, so I, I had a couple of things that I didn't tell you about that I added to the, to the last lap here. So last weekend, not these, but the last weekend at Port Royal, Cody Mallory showed up and was, was in Ricky Weiss's pit. So that was kind of interesting. So he goes from, what was he with Owens last year? And then Bobby starts the year and now he's, he's, uh, well, he's a strickler. Yeah. Or a strickler. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So now I guess he was spotted in Weiss's pit, um, update on turbo. So I got word that it was not the IMCA license last week and it was deck height that he got nailed for. So that was something oh. I, I saw online. So that makes a little bit more sense than okay. the license. You know, um, and then uh, just something more local. Sudi Dimianovich passed away. I don't know if you saw that. You know, he was Marcus's son, longtime racer, board member at uh, in Hibbing. I don't know if Sudi ever was. I mean, he, a long he time. Was a, yeah, yeah he, he was a he was around he was. a lot. 
So he was vice he was vice president of the Iron Range Racing Association. Oh, he was. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the Demianovich family because uh, I know he did a lot for racing up here. Absolutely. Now, on, another thing, uh, you know, a couple shout outs. Well, another thing. Speaking of late models, I did not realize that Devin Moran, who had been running good, fell off the Lucas Oil Series. Like he missed the the week prior because I know I didn't even notice it till this week. I'm looking through the results at the show me. I'm like. No Moran. Well, that's weird. So right. I did not realize that Moran dropped off the series. That, that was interesting to me. You know, a couple shout-outs. I want to give a huge shout-out. Mike Bresseth doubling up as a rookie in the late model. Stellar, Hermantown Hammer, three in a row. Dakota Duke-Erickson, his first ever was sort of mod win. But how about a local guy from Chisholm? Doug Koski, feature yeah. winner down at the Cedar Lake Speedway. Um, that's awesome. You know, it's a, uh, you know, I remember, a win is a win and you know they still got some good cars but cedar lakes always it still is kind of the mecca of racing so you when you win at cedar regardless you know it's it's a pretty cool deal so you know he doesn't win as much as he used to you know he's, he's a little bit older now to, than he was a few years ago but uh seeing the old 76 and victory lane was super cool he was really pumped you know and uh let's talk a little bit about Houston. you mentioned that tad pospisil he got the win and jesse glenn's i mean he put on a show Honestly, the, the the whole aura was good. The atmosphere was good. The, the racing, to me, not so good. I mean, the, the, he's just train racing around the bottom. And then even in the feature, they watered the bottom, and they were all kind of around the bottom. And they had a curb. I mean, the cushion on top was yeah. a curb, and there was a couple holes on each end, and, and Glenn's put on a hell of a show. I mean, he was doing everything he could to try to make a run at the leader, and he's like, I still think even with that big cushion up there, if the holes wouldn't have been there, if I wouldn't have hit them wrong, I think I could have maybe won that deal. But uh, Jesse Glenn's put on a hell of a show down there. And they had, a, they had it was 6000 to win, and it was $50 per lap lead. So Pospis will walk oh, wow. $8,000 in that deal. So pretty good payday for him. And, uh, you know, the show me. You know, let's just touch a little bit on the show hey, me. Hey, let, let, let's go back to Houston. How about Scott Ward? He was, what, fourth or fifth? You know, he started. Yeah, like, he, yeah he was right up there. He started, like, eighteenth or something? Yeah, and, and uh, Giassi was up in the top ten. Yeah. And uh, Chad Becker, he didn't make the show. In fact, uh, you know, Morgan Ward kept him out of the feature in the B main. So I was a little disappointed. We keep talking about the 12B, but again like he's he's got some wins but he's just not looking like championship form it'll be interesting to see with a lot of money on the line this weekend what he can do all west um but let's talk about the show me just really quick you know what's i mean they obviously the night one rained out so they had a double header on friday it was my cup of tea because it went to like three four in the morning i was perfectly good and uh, i'm like man this is kind of an unfair advantage for scott Bloomquist because he's an idol he won a heat Heck, I thought maybe he was going to win the prelim feature. But uh, the prelims, you know, anything stick out to you special in the prelims there from the show me? Nothing special. So what Ryan's referring to is Thursday night raid now. So they raced both prelim nights on Friday. Uh, T-Mac won the first one. I think that one was called the Cowboy Classic. That was pretty eventful. Uh, you know, he pretty much dominated. The other thing I noticed was another backpedal. I know he said he's kind of heating up, but that night it was a big backpedal for Bishop. Uh, yeah, and then night two was one of the memorial races. And that's where Bloomquist, you know, he, he looked better and he was in the top three for most of the race. It was a restart. He kind of got squeezed out. They kind of went three wide down the front stretch. You think he knew a little bit better. It was a prelim, hit the break. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 you know, he ran third for most of that race. Um, 
How about you on the prelims? What'd you think? The story of the prelim night, you know, really Hudson O'Neill kind of made a late charge there at TMAC on, on the first one. He was not right on him, but he was kind of coming. But uh, Ferguson, you know, 23rd to third in that second one, that's where the track had some character. He was diamonding it. He was impressive. That was really fun to watch. And then, you know, then we jump into Saturday and, you know, Hudson O'Neill is probably his first big crown jewel. You know, he's obviously super excited and a lot of emotion in victory lane. Good seeing that. Bishop really didn't have a bad week. I think he had a pair of fourths and then he got second in the big show. So Bishop actually looked pretty racy. Um, turbo doing turbo things. Um, that was interesting. Did you see that? Yes, but I didn't see how it happened. So if you were there or if you saw this, please comment because all of a sudden the cameras pan over to three and four and Turbo's on his roof. But then later in the race, Turbo's getting lapped. What, what did you see? Yeah, that's about what I saw too. I don't think it was a hard roll, but I mean, let's face it, most drivers now are soft. See, back 20 years ago, I'd rip, you ripped the side of your car off. You'd be like, pull the tin off, let's go racing. Now it's like, I got a tire mark. I got to load up. Like, I'm done. I'm, I got to pull off, right? That's not Turbo. Turbo's, he's not afraid to chuck sliders, get checked, do whatever he's got to do. But he, he ended up upside down. He kept racing. They're like, flip it back over. When the pits, they looked yeah. it over. Yep, you're good to go. Let's go back. And the crowd went nuts. And it's like, that's Turbo. Turbo's a showman. Turbo's good for the sport. You can like him. You can hate him. You might not like his attitude. Don't care. He don't care either, right? But he's he's entertaining. That's entertainment value right there. And yep, uh, remember, remember when Earnhardt did that? When Earnhardt rolled, I think it was Daytona 500, didn't he? he rolled over. He said, hey, he got back in. He's like, hey, the thing runs right back into the into the into the lineup and green flag here we go <laughs> well I, my favorite rollover story is when ron jones drove for my dad right and uh there was contact him and steve vessel got together needless to say jones ends up upside down original restart ripped the roof off front tires towed out they lifted up the back of the car to change the tire and he won the chuck helmer memorial over in proctor by like half a track after rolling over i'm like oh my god this guy's like my hero it was, a, it was the most amazing thing i ever saw so so if there was kids watching that turbo sold some shirts because they're like oh my god like turbo rolled over and he's still racing to a little kid that i mean to me that's still unbelievable but that's really unbelievable to to the fan base out there so so hats off to him he's a hell of a showman you know and uh you know, we already talked a little bit about Eldora. Of course, Lanigan won. We talked about Weiss. But what else you got there on the show, me? Anything else? Yeah, one last thing there is, is Jake Tim. You saw he made the show. I mean, he started 32 cars. He was 32nd. But the weird thing is they paid him 150 bucks. So I don't know if it's because he didn't maybe not go on the track. Because I was looking through the pay. Most guys got around two grand. Some got a little bit more. But Jake Tim, 150 bucks. So that, I thought that was really odd. But, I mean, good for you, Jake. You know, made the trip uh, against great competition. Made the Dude, show. I don't know how many cars they had. But. It was a co-sanctioned event with Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Racing and the Lucas Oil MLRA. Ah, the only okay. thing I'm thinking is he must have got some kind of a provisional through the MLRA deal to get in the show. Maybe, I'm guessing, is what happened. Um, so, yeah, he got the experience in that deal, and it'll be interesting to see what he can do this week. So, our picks of the week. So, last week, last week, okay, I want to give a big shout-out to Keith. Keith has been going all year. He can't pick nothing right. Like he had one right all year, right? This last week, he had Pat Doerr, the double one express at Rice Lake. And then he had Jeffrey Massengill at, at uh, Granite City Motor Park. Keith on the board with two. And Pete also had the 6M at Granite City. 
So Pete went to four, Keith went to three. I'm at 12, Bert's at eight. Jeff and Pete are both at four. Keith is now to three. So now he's starting to get maybe a little stride here. And uh, Puka is at, yep, well, I guess there's not a number for We that. won't talk about that. Just a so close. I, I yeah. pick Canada and he gets second. And I pick Daryl the night he wins. And, 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 but it's the wrong track, you know, and, and Moss is right there to go for the lead and Rex and I, 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 so I had him too. Yeah. Way to go, Moss. We both picked you. You screwed us. Way to go. <laughs> Typical, right? So here's the deal. Uh, you know, we have several races on the card this, this weekend here. And do you have your list in front of you? Because I'll just read off what we're going to pick. You can just read down what you're going to pick. And then I'll just kind of, instead of making a long drawn out deal, we're going to pick the front. We're going to pick the world of outlaw late models, Friday at circle city, Saturday at Plymouth, the world of outlaw sprints, which they're going to the Gr river city speedway in grand forks, right? On Friday, the granite city motor park in sock rapids there on Saturday. And then the structural buildings with soda late model challenge series here on Aberdeen here on for 10,000 to win at casino. So, so Puka, who do you have? I've got, okay, so Circle City Friday. Now, this has been tough because the World of Outlaws are going to be in Indiana, but there's a lot of rumors of a lot of guys going to test at Eldora on Saturday and just, just get some laps in. So, but I'm going with a local, uh, you know, the uh, uh, Indiana boy himself, Hudson O'Neill at Circle City, Devin Moran at Plymouth. So, Woo Sprints, Grand Forks, who you got to take. Finally, his 300th win is finally going to come at his home track. Like I said, they're going to cheer so loud. It's going to be like a sonic boom. Donnie Shoss is going to take her home on Friday. Brad Sweet in St. Cloud on Saturday. Rosota Late Model Challenge Series, Thursday. The aforementioned Chad Becker. He's going he's gonna to heat up. He's going to be in the shop all this week. He's going to take her home. Cole Searing, I like him Friday in Aberdeen. I'm going doubling up on Becker on Saturday for the 10,000 at Huron. And then the aforementioned hot Scott Ward, who won on Sunday at Casino. Like I said, top five last night at Houston. I'm taking him at Watertown on Sunday. Who do you he got? Might have a couple. He might have a couple in a row out there. He's got two wins at Casino, so that's a good pick. I mean, he's, he's won a ton of races there on the little bull ring. So I'm going to just go across the board like this. So, you know, obviously uh, we got the, the World of All Our Late Models Friday night at Circle City. I have Chris Smokey Madden. Jeff has... Hudson O'Neill, Bert has B Shep, Pete has Madden, and Keith has B Shep. <coughs> Saturday at Plymouth for the late models. I have Madden, Jeff has B Shep, Bert has B Shep, Pete has Madden, and Keith has B Shep. So a lot of high hopes there for B Shep and Madden over the week. You're the only one that kind of went off the cuff there, so to speak. World yeah. of Outlaw Sprints at the River City Speedway. I have the big cat, Brad Sweet. Jeff has shots, Bert has shots. You have shots. Pete has sweet, and Keith is going with Buggy Bobby, Sheldon Hodge. World of Ola at Granite City. Now, now, let's be honest. This place is a lot flatter, slower type deal. I'm going with shots at that one. I think I, I'm picking him to win at that one because that's more his not – he's not maybe that elbows-up guy like he used to be. Um, Sheldon Hodgenchild for Jeff, sweet for you and Bert. Carson Macedo for Pete and Sheldon for Keith. Here on Thursday night, Challenge Series, I'm taking Showtime, Kantar Mint. Jeff's taking Becker. Bert's taking Becker. You're taking Becker. Okay, a lot of love for Becker. I'm a little apprehensive on that one. Oh, Becker. This stomping grounds over there. Um, Pete is going with Pat Doerr. Pete, I'm sorry, but Pat Doerr is not going. Okay, um, I talked to him today. 
And Keith is taking, actually, I'm just going to go right down the list here. Keith took Jeffrey Massengill to sweep the weekend. He's like, I'm just keeping it simple. I'm picking the local guy. I want Massengill to win. I'm taking him for all. Okay. So Massengill, do Keith a solid here. Get him some, get him some points. Get him back up in the mix. Okay. Aberdeen, I'm going with Arment. He is really tough to beat at the Brown County Speedway. Hudson, or, uh, Jeff's taking Arment. Bert is taking Door. Again, bad news. Door's just not going. Um, you took Searing. He took Edgington. That's a question mark on that one. I think he's going to run the NLRA deal. And then Saturday for the 10000 to win, I'm going to go ahead and take the Hermantown Hammer, Daryl Nelson, to win 10000 out in Huron. And Jeff, Bert, and Puka are all taking Chad Becker. Keith is taking John Kanta. And then at the Casino Speedway, you and I both took the Wild Child, Scott Ward. Jeff took Edgington. Bert and Keith took the 6M of Massengill, and Pete took Kent Arment to get it done out there. So with that said, that gets us through our picks of the week. I, again, I'm at 12, Bert's at 8, Jeff's at 4. I have a little bit of a, a little bit of a wiggle room here, right? Um, let's jump down. I'm looking at my list here. The must-see events of the week, okay? Lots of racing, lots of stuff going on. Puka, what sticks out to you for your must-see? Give me your three. With everything going on this weekend, what's your three go-tos? If you if you had a choice to either watch it online or go to it, what are the three that stick out to you? Well, that old saying, head west, young man, head west. Head west to Grand Forks on the bull ring. The place will be absolutely jammed. Like I said, Donnie's going to his 300th. Um, it's always exciting out there. If you haven't seen it, I mean, I haven't seen a world of outlaw sprint car race there, but your heart almost beats out of your chest when you see the Nosa sprints out there. So it's fantastic. Hoping that Dob Meyer, I don't know if he's racing yet or if he's back, hoping Dob Meyer will be there. I like Dob Meyer over rights if he is there. So for those of you doing dirt drafts, of course, the challenge series races, I'll have my eyes on that. I, you know, I love that swing. That swing's been around for a long time. They've been doing that, gosh, I think almost 10 years. So I'm excited for the challenge series races. Um, and then, like I said, I'm interested to see who's going to end up at Eldora on Saturday night to test because we got $127,000 to win, you know, twice next week. You know, they're doing the 2020 show and they're doing the 2021 show. So, so much money online. I, I you know, you just got to think, especially the Lucas guys. That's why I said I went on a little bit of a limb to pick Moran. I mean, he's not a Lucas guy anymore. He's kind of free to do it. So he's free to go to Eldora too. But um you know, just to kind of see who's going to be there to test things out on Saturday night on a, at a regular show. Yeah, and with Lucas not racing, they're going to get a bunch of those guys for sure. So the world of all guys, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. I My number one on the list is, is right with yours. I mean, the world of all sprint cars at the River City Speedway in Grand Forks, I mean, that's, that, that's a must-see TV right there. Plus, they have the NLRA late models, and if you remember – Dustin Strand had the photo finish to win that deal last year. I think he passed Lance Schill at the line. And then if you remember uh, Kyle Larson, remember he got basically spun out, went through the infield, right. put on the show, came back and won. That place has some really good racing. Um, specifically out West, the 10,000, the win show, right? You know, when we talk about specials, you put a five figure payday out there. You got my attention. So here on out at the Dakota state fair speedway Saturday night, that will be on Dirt Race Central. Watch DRC.tv. And then my third one, the Rebel Midwest Mod Tour at the I-94 Sure Step Speedway in Fergus Falls. 
they have the King of Dirt this weekend, the Dick Johannick Memorial. I think it's Friday, Saturday, or Saturday. So it's a doubleheader. I think it's I think it's Friday, Saturday over there. Pretty positive that it is. That is also on WatchDRC.tv. One more. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm throwing one more in the mix here. The Red Cedar Speedway on Friday has the Dave Shackleton Memorial. 5000 and change to win with Soda Superstocks. So wow. big payday for the Superstocks. I don't know what the rest of the pay looks like the rest of the way, rest of the way through, but let's face it, if you're a hitter, if you if you win some races, if you're competitive, you don't get to race for 5000 to win very often <laughs> in the Superstock. Hopefully that's a good turnout over there at the Red Cedar Speedway in Menominee. Um, so with that said, you know, what are your plans for the week? Are you going to take in any racing in, in person this weekend? Where yeah, I plan on, I just plan on keeping it simple. I'll do rapids on uh, Thursday. Uh, looks like it's gonna be a hot one. Last week we were, you know, pushing 30 degrees at nine at night, you know, supposed to be uh, close to 90. And then, uh, uh, yeah, then the plan is to hit, you know, hibbing on Saturday. How about you back to Sycamore? No, nope, I'm heading west. I'm heading west. I'm gonna grab the mic this weekend. I'm heading out west. I'm gonna be out um, at so Thursday and Saturday. I'm gonna be at the Dakota State Fair Speedway in Huron. I'm gonna be announcing the the broadcast on Dirt Race Central uh, Casino Speedway. I'm gonna be co-announcing with Dave Hermy on Sunday, Friday. I think I'm probably gonna go taking or maybe around the golf with a few buddies of mine out there. I'm taking Friday off out there, but I'm heading west this next weekend. So. It's going to be hot out there too. That sun's going to be beaten down. I'm going to have to wear black. Maybe I can lose one of my chins. I don't really know, but uh, I'm excited to get out there. Some great people, great racing out there, of course, and uh, fun to fun to jump online, jump on Dirt Race Central, and you can tell me how bad I am. There, there's some there's some really good announcers out there. I, I figured I'm kind of average. Um, I'm definitely no Freddie Fran, Ron Krogh, you know, Chris Depp, and some of them guys are really good. I, I'm still kind of catching up with them guys. Hopefully I do someday. I have a hell of a lot of fun doing it though. So Puka, with that said, episode 82 in the book and, you know, probably hurt some feelings this episode. Still love you guys. Just, it is what it is, right? We're going to, we're, we're here to, we're here to tell the truth. We ain't lying. This is our feelings. This is our opinion. We're here to help. If, if you do, if you do something really exciting, we're going to give you a shout out. If you do something really dumb, we're going to call you out. So either way, we're watching. And we're going to keep people informed because that's what we do. So Puka, take her home, buddy. Yeah. Keep everyone honest here. Yeah. So like I said, we're at the end here. So if you enjoyed it, please share the show. If you want to communicate with us, obviously you can comment or the one to go show at gmail.com. Thanks again to Zuli's Dirt Race Central and Dirt Track Supply for all your help. Um, I'm Puka. That's Ryan. On behalf of both of us, get out there and be your dream. You're tuned to the one to go show. Like, 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 share, share, share. <laughs> A production of Gold Sports Media, LLC.